Pookie, cover me. I'm going in. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop 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 coming it ain't ogre till it's ogre. Unsolved Mysteries Edition. I am your host, Chris, and as always, bring your coffee and your theories, because it's going to get lit. Now that we know that cats come from space and Vin Diesel cannot smile, although we still haven't figured out why, today we're going to tackle the mysteries behind the 2003 Pete Hewitt live-action Garfield movie, and hopefully answer the question, why? Today I have with me my two most trusted consultants, Matt Serafini and Will Ashton. Hello. Hi. How are you guys uh, doing? doing? I'm all right. I need to correct you. It's the, um, I'm pushing up my glasses here, but uh, 2004 is when the movie came out. Ah, oh yes. I was uh, hung up on the uh, production of the, of the film, uh, I think. Of course, so. of course. Yes, we just we strive for authenticity when our, our very serious report here. We do, yes, absolutely, um, because you know there was a few months ago when we had said that uh, that it was um, the Americans that built the pyramids, and that ended up mm. being incorrect. Uh, well, that's what they that's what the government tells us. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the. The Garfield movie, the live-action one directed by Pete Hewitt, and and we just have a few um, a few things we'd like to discuss and some questions we'd like to answer. And I know that you gentlemen have brought some of your own theories as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about everybody's favorite. Uh, well, how should I say it? The one that got away, Lyman. Where'd you go, Lyman? Ah, where'd you go, Lyman? Uh, this is my theory. Uh, now this is, I think this, this movie, this, this theory kind of changes the fundamental plot of Garfield the movie. Um, so let's, let's start with the evidence and then we'll go into what the theory is. Um, okay. All of the pictures in John's house seem way too, like, staged. Of like him with Garfield, and as we've pointed out before, there are repeats uh, about, um, like specifically the first picture is like John looking in the box of like free kittens, and Garfield is like right there. Like who was taking a picture of like their first meeting? You know, it just seems a little mm. staged. And I also note that Garfield is a cat that understands full English but can't speak. And the final piece of evidence is that Lyman is missing and that house is huge. So what's going on? Yes. And I also I, I also want to clarify this theory is specific to the Garfield movie, not the comic strip. Indeed. Um so my theory is that one of the unseen rooms in the house is a science lab and that um Lyman was a mad scientist who accidentally turned himself into a strange cat monster. Ah, damn it. 
Was this your theory too? Yes. <laughs> that was, was my. It also. wasn't. Damn, it I'm wasn't, sorry, guys. No, no, I just it's not quite the same, but it's it's very similar. No, it's good. We'll play into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they can there can be different theories about what's going yeah, on. You can keep this in. I, I mm. yeah. Uh, it, it it's just funny that we all came up with a similar idea. Great minds, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Garfield is a total anomaly with no anus, and John doesn't know what to do with him. He doesn't know how to have a pet, so he at the drop of a hat is always just taking him to the vet to make sure he's okay. Like, this was actually the first time I realized that when John takes Garfield to the vet at the beginning of the movie, it's not, he, like, wasn't planning to, it's just Garfield ate, like, three tins of lasagna, and he's like, ah, I need to make sure this cat is okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. But, yeah. Uh. But John is also tired of taking care of him, <laughs> so he turned his living room into a Rube Goldberg machine, <laughs> Rube Goldberg machine, <laughs> with the intent of having... Garfield slash Lyman accidentally kill himself. Um, uh, and that whenever Garfield like skirts by unfazed, John is more mad that he's like, I went to all that work and and you didn't even die. <laughs> That's very dark. But um, I also, yeah, so, what's oh, that? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that um, that's not the first time that the, the room Goldberg machine has been employed right. to attempt uh, a murder on a cosmic entity. <laughs> Um, but the, the evidence is certainly in place for, uh, Lyman to be Garfield. Yeah. Um, I, I had two like further pieces of evidence, which were that, uh, Garfield when he's in the pound is like insulted at the prospect of there being newspaper for him to use the bathroom on. He's like, I am house trained. This is an insult. Um, and I think that's further evidence of like being, uh, more sentient than most animals and also that uh i think that lyman has mostly forgotten his human life at this point i think his his mind is almost fully changed to just being garfield the cat but yeah that's uh it, it would also explain why um garfield loves lasagna so much and why john is so good at making it it's a tether yeah it's a tether to mm -hmm. his former life yes as as um, John's boyfriend, or yeah. maybe you know whatever, what have you. Maybe just maybe they were just best friends who lived together. Who knows? But sometimes, they, yeah, they were best friends that fooled around a little bit. Maybe. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's uh, that's where'd yeah. you go, Lyman? That's my theory. All right. Uh, Will, do you, what was, what's your theory on Lyman? Yeah. So, um, my theory, as I've noted already. <laughs> is uh quite similar to <laughs> what my uh fellow pundit Matt Serafini said. However, uh my theory is um oh, what I what I call it. Uh da -da. sorry. You're okay. Oh. Yeah, sorry. All right. So my theory is Lyman, a man hidden in plain sight. Mm. And I believe uh similar to what my colleague's evidence suggests that there, there is reason to believe that Lyman was in the picture. However, I don't believe it was a mad science accident gone bad. It was actually a kind of a Jack Frost situation, similar to the Michael Keaton film of the same name, <laughs> where uh, there was like a terrible accident. Like, yeah, I don't know, it was snowing or something. And he uh, unfortunately died, which is why Garfield's afraid of the dark uh, when uh, John kicks him out. And uh, instead of going to uh, his heavenly plane, because he died at such a young age, he's in this kind of purgatory 
where he uh, entered his cat's body and uh, just kind of adopted like it's like a mesh of traits where it's like the cat instincts come out at times like he likes milk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, he, he does have some cat like qualities like he hates dogs. But um, yeah, like you said, like he's some, he's prone to walk on two feet instead of four. Uh, like you said, he loves lasagna. Uh, he, he also just in general just doesn't really care for cat food at all. He only really eats human food and he watches a lot of TV. It just suggests that, yeah, at one point, uh, yeah, Lyman passed and rather than his, uh, holy soul going to heaven or hell, he just stayed, uh, dormant on earth, but now he is in the body of a cat. Do you think this is something that that John willed to happen, or that John is even aware of? I think he, like, he knows something's up. Like Garfield's never really been the same because he was. I imagine he was fairly, like, he was probably like a, like a, maybe a little eccentric, but like a generally normal cat before this happened. Mm-hmm. And now he's just like, all right, he, he eats lasagna a lot. Like I don't know, like, he just, <laughs> like he, he, but he like, cause like there's times like when um. Garfield's going out to uh, to chase Nick Cannon's character outside where they, like, make eye contact. Like, there's, like, those fleeting moments where, like, they kind of, like, there's, like, a moment where, like, John internally is, like, what, what is this energy I feel with this cat? Mm-hmm. And But it's not, like, he doesn't really understand it. He's not he's not really, like, a uh, religious person. He's more spiritual. Mm-hmm. So he, he doesn't really get, like, Catholicism or, like, uh, well, I guess that would be more, like, what would that be, like? Buddhist or Hindu with the uh, like multi lives, yeah, kind of mentality. Yeah. So you're saying uh, your your theory, the biggest difference between our theories is that in mine, John is fully aware and is even trying to cover up that uh, mm-hmm. Lyman is Garfield. But in in your theory, John doesn't know for certain. He just kind of has a weird yeah, suspicion. He just he just thinks something's up. Yeah. Like he just thinks it's kind of weird. But he doesn't really like he didn't put two and two together. Nice. That's a very, so, very good theory. Yeah, I, I like that idea. Just that Lyman isn't really gone. He's, he's in fact, our main character. Hidden. No one's ever really gone. I believe all yeah. three of us are in agreement on that theory, then, which is uh, very yeah, on brand for this, for this program. <laughs> uh, I'm very curious to hear what's your theory on the Lyman situation. Oh, I, I agree with both of you gentlemen um, that, uh, that Lyman is Garfield. Uh, as far as whether or not John knows... Uh, it's hard to say. I, I feel like he doesn't, but it uh, it seems odd that uh, everything has changed. You think, uh, you know, like you said, everything is very, very staged in the house. Mm-hmm. Um, as if John is trying to cover up the fact that Lyman is not gone. Yeah, I, my theory like posits that he is aware of it, but trying to appear that he's not. Yeah. And mine is more just like that he's coping with the loss by having an over-dependency with his cat. Definitely, definitely. All right. What is the next theory about the film on our list? Pull it up here. Uh, Will, you had stated the man in the red castle. Yeah. So this isn't as detailed a theory as the last one, but it's something that uh, we've mentioned before, but I'm kind of diving deeper into it. Um, So... Are you guys familiar with the show The Man in the High Castle? Yes. Where it it imagines it's also based on a, a story by Philip K. Dick where it imagines a world where instead of uh 
you know, the allies, the uh, Germany losing uh, instead of it's where Germany our allies wins winning. World War II. Right. Yeah. Instead of our allies, I like USA and the rest of the world winning World War Two against Germany. Uh, Germany wins and like Nazis are just kind of running prevalent and like Nazi iconography and all this stuff is around. And uh, it's like a very bleak kind of dystopian look at a like potential what if universe. And I think Garfield the movie has a similar idea, but it's very, very, very microstructure in that it just it's a it's our universe, except that instead of McDonald's being the capital uh, fast food chain, it was Dave Thomas who first came to the scene. And Wendy's are just like the <laughs> McDonald's <laughs> of that universe. the man in the high castle but <laughs> wendy's instead of yeah. mcdonald's it's like i wanted to call it the man in the white castle but that doesn't really make sense because white castle is a completely different right. <laughs> universe so I had, to, I had to settle for the man in the red castle but yeah it's just like because we don't really see much outside of this kind of cul-de-sac and sometimes we see the city but we don't really uh, we see all these like mcdonald's brands and it's just that for them it's just like wendy's is just like the most prevalent it's brand. like they're it's their mcdonald's like it's just like all around them They've never really known McDonald's because that's why I don't think we ever see a McDonald's in this world. No, I don't so, think so. It's just this uh, off kilter reality where Dave Thomas is like this uh, elite world, like ba- way bigger than he ever was in our Ray universe. Ray Kroc met Dave Thomas instead of the McDonald's right. brothers. Exactly. Yeah. So that's my theory. It's not really detailed. Just that's that's I think that's what happened in this universe. You know, that's something we can explore as well. What are some other elements of the film that suggest this is a, a parallel reality that is not our own? I mean, there is. I mean, a... just yeah, just like in general, things are kind of off, but like not in a way yeah. that we can really place. It's like in Spider Verse well, with the Coca Soda, right? <laughs> yeah, well, we like mentioned it like before. Some of the weird, a lot things. of Pepsi too. Like instead of Coke, it's all Pepsi products. Yeah. So that I think that was kind of a ripple effect. Yes. Well, in the, in the city. Um, you know, every when it's time to cross the street, we've mentioned this before. When it's time to cross the street, everybody is just looking dead ahead, like they're in a Trans. commercial for yeah. like um, something. Yeah, no one even looks yeah. down at the animals. <coughs> There's um, yeah. they have two people on staff just to look at screens of vents. Well, I think it's a much more efficient universe because the Wendy's wrappers are much more efficient to clean up. It's just like that little like thing you throw away and then. It's like that's somehow that's like translate into the world where it's like not as messy. Everyone just has a very clear idea of what they want to do mm-hmm. and what they want to say. And that's how the city operates because of this universe mentality. And it is, of course, important to know that it is the city. Yeah. Not any old city. No, just the. The, the city. The, the milkman yeah. is incredibly efficient. He seems to be yeah. showing up at the same time every day. Yeah, and I, I guess that also kind of adds to it because, like, the, like there's this kind of 50s mentality, like, still having Milkman and stuff. Like, I guess that's, like, the if Dave Thomas has that much influence on nomenclature, that he just kind of, like, kept things in this, like, kind of uh, 50s, kind of pre-9-11 era where everything's just kind of clean and orderly. And, yeah, I think that's also part of this uh, this theory. I like it. That also begs the question... Um, is this a simulation? Ooh, maybe. Is that your theory? What? Is that your theory? That's a theory. Okay. 
let me take a, a nice long drink from this coffee really quick. <laughs> by the way, this episode is sponsored by Kitty Kibbles. Kitty Kibbles. <sighs> when your cat needs food, get some Kitty Kibbles. That's a your, really good slogan. When you're... <laughs> Kitty kibbles. When your cat's jowl dribbles, reach for a jar of kibbles. Ooh, okay. Are we also sponsored by Wendy's and or Goldfish? Or Pepsi? No. Or Petco? Or Petco? (laughs) Or Garfield? Look, this episode is sponsored by everyone. (laughs) Wow. Surprised we haven't made more money. I think you're taking advantage of us. It's possible. Oh yeah, that uh, that's my bad. Um, when I signed the contract for the show, uh, I, I accidentally forgot to read the part where where we'd mention them for free. Uh, you uh, should have read the you should have read that fine print. I should have read the you... fine print, but I was I was too busy thinking about Garfield. Is it normal? You're too busy thinking about the money <laughs> instead of thinking about the money because uh, yes. Is it normal for sponsorship deals to have you pay the sponsors? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Because I feel like I, I may have gotten some odd. bad deals. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but after I'm done recording this, I'm going to go plunk down some money for a nice hot Wendy's sandwich. <laughs> I like it. Mm. A nice hot Wendy's. <laughs> a nice hot Wendy's. I'll take one of your finest Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this world could very well be in a simulation. Yeah. Uh... Because everything is so orderly. I mean, I just finished watching the uh, Netflix program, The Island, which is a simulation. Do you uh, think it's like um, a simulation that was originally meant to like teach Wendy's employees how to work like the grills? And it just like kind of like, went off. Right. Yeah, it spiraled. It's, <laughs> it's like I have no mouth and I must scream where the right. uh, the program <laughs> like becomes sentient. Uh, and then but kills it's not, all of humanity it, and starts writing uh, its own um, yeah. program. <laughs> But it's, like, really obsessed with Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> the comics. <laughs> because uh, uh, because it's like employee yeah. that was using the program to learn how to, to cook the burgers, um, on their break, they were reading the Garfield comics, and they accidentally set it down on top of the computer, and then there was an, a grease fire at the restaurant, and <laughs> the, the uh, book melted into the computer, and it absorbed all of the knowledge of the universe through the Garfield um, uh, comic book. And so it created a universe based on Garfield. It created a universe based on Garfield, yes. I was thinking it was because, like, humans, like, for a computer, human emotion is just too hard to, like, contemplate. Like, it can't really, like, make sense of, like, different emotions and, like, how people change on instant. Mm -hmm. But Garfield is just so consistent. Like, he just, he hates Mondays. He likes lasagna. Doesn't like Odie, and it's like kind of the same thing for forty years. Yeah, and the like the computer processes that, and it's, it's like kind of like a safe haven mm-hmm. where it's like life doesn't make sense, but I can get Garfield. So he just kind of he like kind of creates like this Ready Player One reality yeah. for like just with Garfield. Yeah, that's like the only thing that makes sense to the AI. Yeah, and uh, it, it tried to process human emotion, but it wasted all of its RAM on Jennifer Love Hewitt's smile. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why like all the emotions don't like like people don't really act like the way humans would. Yeah, like, they're always kind of off. Yeah, it's absolutely. All a simulation. It's all now, a simulation. Are there any humans in this simulation? Like, is Garfield a human in the simulation, or is is John? Are they? Are we just witnessing a full on just computer program reality? That's an excellent uh, question. Yeah, I don't know. 
Maybe were they humans? Ask me a question. Just say the wake word, then ask it. Who was that? That was that was uh that was my um that was my Amazon Echo. <laughs> oh nice. <laughs> Are you guys talking about AI? <laughs> <laughs> leaving that in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, spooky very uh, <laughs> um well let's let's try it <clears throat> hey alexa in the garfield movie who is alive inside the simulation hmm, i don't know that uh so she <laughs> says Ooh, that's it <laughs> alexa i don't trust you it's like the government they can keep Keep having secrets. Respond to your commands and maintain your privacy. If there's a way I can improve, please add feedback. She took that personally, Chris. Yeah, she did. <laughs> you, you you hurt her feelings. <laughs> you ever ask your uh, Alexa like very deep like meta like 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 psychological questions like? Oh yeah. Why do we exist in the universe, Alexa? <laughs> I haven't tried that in a while. Okay. I will though, and I'll let you guys know. All right. Um, yeah, you you insulted her um, <laughs> integrity. <laughs> I like I like that in her head. Like she's just like, look, I don't know anything about this movie. I know like thousands <laughs> of millions of things, <laughs> except the the mysteries of the Garfield <laughs> movie. And that's why we're here. And that's why we're here to answer these questions. <clears throat> Um, so as far as who's alive in the simulation, uh, it could be that it's a full-on AI. It could be that um, that John is the only one in there, mm. um, and he's kind of like a like a, Jerry in like, the like, Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like or um, that that game that they played at um, at uh, that futuristic theme park. Oh yes, yeah, where he like lives an entire lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> That's what that is. I like that, too. Okay. And uh, so, moving on, we, we had a, a moment in, in the film, which, uh, uh, if you guys didn't know this, um, they actually uh, brought Stanley Kubrick in to, to film this one shot. Oh. Uh, where um, they're getting ready to put the collar on Odie, and there's this really the clean collar. zoom. Uh, almost, it's similar to the, to the shot in uh, The Shining when... Um, they're they're following Danny down the hallway on his tricycle. Uh, they zoom into Garfield's face, and he says, "A shock collar." Mm-hmm. And uh, Matt, you had a you had a theory on that. Oh yes, the origins of the shock collar. Because Garfield's a shock collar, so I like the idea that this is like a brand thing. <laughs> like there's a product that exists that's called the shock collar. <laughs> um, and so yeah, the shock collar was an invention commissioned by the U.S. government to keep animals in line. And uh, this actually goes right in line with my theory of Lyman being a mad scientist, because I think Lyman was the one who built it. Okay. Um, and I now, th- at this point, the theory splits into two different directions, um, two different possibilities, and you guys can tell me which one you think is more likely. Um, the first being that... Uh, it was quickly shut down by the Humane Society for being, like, too cruel. But a few prototypes still exist, and uh, this just further shows the deep and dark connections that Happy Chapman's assistant has, that he's able mm. to come across one of these, like, blacklisted 
products that forces animals to do backflips. Yeah. So that, I, uh, I feel like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, Chris. I was going to say, um, his assistant uh, putting on that kind of uh, dopey demeanor is just mm-hmm. a front. He's actually like a seriously evil person. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Well, what were you I also say? think that they, uh, the part of what made the, the, the shot collar be uh, banned is because the original slogan for it was the shot collar to stop the holla. Because uh, <laughs> the dog's barking. Because <laughs> of the dog's barking. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, no, I was just gonna say. I mean, I I feel like in general, uh, for the nine episodes we have now of um this podcast this season, uh, we have spent surprisingly very little time talking about Wendell, the assistant. I, was, I, I didn't even know his name. <laughs> uh, so I was hoping at least in this episode that we'd bring him up because he he is a man of many mysteries, yeah. and I do I hundred percent agree that he is probably a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, he's just, yeah, he's just too dumb in this yeah. movie. I mean, it's not only that, like, do you remember that? Do you guys know that shot, like, before the dog competition where it just, like, it's a shot of him and he's just, like, looking around, but his posture's, like, too straight, but he doesn't move like a human, like, yeah, normally would, like, go ahead. It's, it's just very unnerving. Like, it's just something about him is just, like, you're oh, not right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, he's, you're, you you keep secrets, you <laughs> weird man. What are your secrets? Tell us your secrets. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, the old librarian in the background of the 2017. Oh yes, movie. yes, yes. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, Wendell. Yeah. Maybe he's got some dark connections we don't know about. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. The other uh, version of this theory is that the the Shakala was not outlawed. I mean, that's why, like, let's think, why does Garfield know what it is? Unless, I mean, I guess if Lyman created it and he is Garfield. Mm-hmm. But in any case, um, the collar is actually an active use by the dog catchers. Um, the the collar was actually, instead of to keep dogs in line, it was created to turn them into an energy source. Um, the U.S. government noticed that dogs have more energy than humans. So they were like, how can we harness this energy? We can force yeah. them to do backflips and connect them to a generator. Mm. Um, and somehow this connects to Dave Thomas and Wendy's. Right, yeah. yes. Uh, so in this theory, the dog catchers will catch the dogs. And then after like a week or so of them just being available for rescue, they get taken in the back where they're put into shot collars and uh, forced to do backflips to um, create energy. And... That also, I had another question, because my, my whole thing with this, when I watched the movie, was I was just writing down questions that are unanswered, and one of them was, mm-hmm. why is there a late night delivery man delivering hot dogs in this town with no Postmates or anything like that? Um, Especially in a cul-de-sac. Exactly, and what I came to the realization was, this late night hot dog man is not a hot dog delivery man at all. In fact, he is a pawn used to lure dogs that are outside into the city where the dog catchers can catch them and harness them harness their energy to power the society interesting yeah kind of like a monsters inc kind of thing sort of yeah and then it works you see it work flawlessly in this movie whenever he captures odie yeah i imagine the success rate is probably pretty low but when when (laughs) When it works it really works works. So, the, uh, uh, what else do we have on on uh, Wendell? 
like we can expound on this. Is is it, uh, is it yeah. part of a larger corporation? Um, <laughs> Wendell is Agent Smith. <laughs> All right. Um, He's always wearing a suit, so there is something to that. That's true. Hmm, maybe something to think about and come back to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've talked about this in the past, and I've been I've been sitting on this theory for some time. <laughs> Uh, and it has to do with Liz, the veterinarian. Yes. I yeah. I believe she is a succubus. Okay. Will, have we actually told you about this? I know Chris and I have talked about this a good bit. Um, You've alluded to it both on and off the air. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to lean back and hear <laughs> what this theory entails. Um, so, first of all, the red dress. <laughs> that red dress scene. She shows up to... Um, to his house in that is that is not a uh, sit on the couch and watch movies uh, kind of dress if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, it's <clears throat> she just seems a little bit too excited to hang out with John. Like I think it's also red. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you get the sense that at any moment she's going to uh, kill him and eat his soul or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you have to add to that, Matt? Well, so I mean, the whole thing with that scene is it really it really rubs me the wrong way. My, my whole thought on the Liz's succubus theory is that she shows up at the beginning of the movie as a vet and she's pretty like tame. She's wearing the glasses. She's in the lab coat and everything. I think that's where she's like scouting out prospective men because succubuses eat their soul, right? Um, I think so. I've only met a couple. Right. Um, so yeah, she's scouting out and she like, John comes by with Garfield all the time. So she's like, okay, this is the next prey. I'm going to give him a dog. And then use that as a connection, as an in to sort of become more present in his life. But whenever she shows up in that red dress, that is the full indicator. And I was especially noticing it last night as well. Her acting in that scene just completely gives her away. All of a sudden, she's so much more direct. And she's just like, I always had a crush on you. You're not like those other guys who are such jerks. Like, it just seems very, very forced. Like, she just really wants John to come around and um she also i noted looks kind of disheartened whenever john like is like i'm sorry i lied odie is missing and i think her disdain there isn't about odie being missing she looks almost annoyed that oh there's another thing that we have to deal with before i get to eat this man's soul (laughs) absolutely oh i did look up the uh, succubus on the paranormal encyclopedia which i um have like the tome you right have. away. It's, yeah. It's like the first thing. Um, the purpose of mating with a human male is to acquire sperm, which is used in conjunction with an incubus and a human female to produce a cambion child. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. The succubus is usually pictured as a woman with unearthly beauty, but sometimes sporting bat-like wings, fangs, hooves, and or snake-like eyes. There you go. There we go. I think it all checks out. I agree. Um, you know, the, there's Liz is just always there, and she always has been. She's just been waiting. She, yeah, searching, um, scouting. Yeah, and now that she's found John, she's she's found the she's found the sperm that she desires. She for kicks her it into demon overdrive. Child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And it just. Uh, I wish I had written this down some more when I first had the idea because I thought there was more to it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, we, yeah, Chris and I were talking about that it's weirdly emasculating that Liz drives the giant truck dressed as a business executive. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with the <laughs> with the dog. pet dog license plate. Like, why does she need the truck as a vet? I think we, I think we just call the the, the truck pet doc, right? Pet, yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, and how she really comes on to John later. We talked about that. Um, Chris also posited that she's going to absorb John's life essence to retain her youth. I think that's an also a possibility, which might not necessarily be a succubus, but. Oh, oh well, yeah. that that is an interesting idea because he's like this like virginal figure. Mm-hmm. So like by being because we 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 know from the comics and stuff that he's about twenty nine, so like he has like this eternal like not eternal but like this like nearly three decade long like youth to him. Mm-hmm. He has this innocence about him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and like the and the jerks in this scenario are like just like adolescent men, I guess. Throughout when she was an adolescent, who would just like fool around with uh um other girls and stuff and lose that innocence that she wants to obtain that that wasn't found with john mm-hmm. there that wasn't lost with john i mean but that then that cancels out the lyman thing where it suggests that they were fooling around maybe um but it is an interesting theory we also note chris noted last time that when she's wearing the red dress she's wearing a cross necklace so yes. take that as you will Mm. Um, but I think that was all of our notes on the Liz's succubus. Uh, yeah, Matt, you had uh, a theory on the called "Too Sweet an Ending." Too sweet an ending. Yes, uh, this is a pretty short one. Um, and it's gonna like I'm gonna reference a comic Garfield thing, but I noted that the end of this movie is just straight up too sweet for a Garfield movie. Um, have you guys ever noted that? It's very uh, it, early 2000s yeah. family movie ending. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, for a character who, like, locked the new puppy outside at the top of the movie, I think the ending is just downright uncharacteristic. It's a little weirdly wholesome. Yeah. Um, but I noticed also, we never see Garfield leave the pound. Uh, there's oh. the big jail escape, uh, and you see, like, a whole mess of dogs and cats run out <laughs> the front. But we never actually see Garfield Lee. <laughs> I'm laughing because like, I have an idea where it's going. <laughs> uh, so, I have a theory that Garfield never left the pound. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just stuck there? Uh, the, the, yeah, the... Um, well, do you think he got trampled in like that like stampede? No, I don't think he got trampled. I think that... I don't even think the stampede actually happened. I don't think... I, I think okay. from the moment Persnickety shows up, all of that is a dream. It's fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> what else? Oh, the, the the cat from TV is here. Like, you know, it yeah. feels... Uh, no, I, I like this theory a yeah. lot. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> that explains, like, how he's able to get into the train station. Yep, exactly. Uh, how he's able to save, like, stop everything. Yeah, I, how, I think uh, Garfield gets euthanized. <laughs> pretty yeah. sure. So, like, yeah. as he dies, you get a slow zoom out for, like, it's at the end of... Breaking Bad, where you get a slow zoom out from yeah. Walter White as he's imagining yes the last moments, and it, but it's like it's Garfield. In yes, it. I was imagining it more like Brazil, the movie Brazil. <laughs> I don't okay. know that, what happens in Brazil. Uh, well, I don't want to spoil it oh, for okay. you, but it's kind of similar to what you're suggesting. Yeah, I think that like we're basically seeing Garfield's imagination in his last moments formulate like a total alternate reality where everything works out for him. Cause he like, he, he fails. He gets cat. He gets caught by the dog catcher, which I also want to note Lewis, um, 
mentioning the dog catcher is one of the clumsiest Shakov's guns I've ever seen. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> oh, by the way, look out for the popo. Like, it, it's very, like, almost, the fir- like, they forgot to do it. Because um, it comes into play, like, what, ten minutes later? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Garfield gets captured by the by the dog catcher, and maybe maybe he's in reality they're given he's given a shot collar, um, and used to harness energy for the rest of his life, and this is just like the the fantasy that his brain comes up with, or maybe he's euthanized and this well, is like his final yeah. fantasy in the last moments of his life. But um, uh-huh. in any case, there's precedent for this in the Garfield comic, um, yeah. which well, I was gonna say. Um... Before you get into that, I just wanted to, I, I, I agree with this theory because um, we have a POV shot with Garfield. And I think that's the only time we have a POV shot with him is when he gets caught mm-hmm. in the net. And like, that's like the end of like, quote unquote reality, sure. you know, assuming this is not a simulation. Mm-hmm. But like, that's like the like end of like what he had, like what he thought. And then from there, we're literally in his fantasy, like his view of what he wanted to happen. So I just wanted to say it before. I sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, so this actually has roots in um, the Garfield comic. There's a run in, I think it was the late 80s. It's it's kind of popular online. People have talked about it a lot. But it was a series of strips for, like, a week straight, I think, where basically Garfield wakes up um, and, like, the house is abandoned and there's no one actually around. And there's no real resolution to this except that Garfield basically creates a reality in his brain where John and Odie, like, he, like basically wills himself to be back at home Mm. and there's like a loose implication that he's not actually at home and that it's all in his head which implies that the rest of garfield which you know 30 something years at this point is all in his head um i think that that could be the same thing here maybe maybe if he's in the pound with the shot collar on being used for energy and the the rest of the movie is all in his imagination i mean that's kind of similar to the simpson theory that Homer has like been in a coma for like the second half of the season or the second half of the show's run. Sure. Like that's that explains like how he's gone to space mm-hmm. and like met like multiple presidents and like all these celebrity guest stars just because like at some point like I think it might have been actually the um when he jumps off the cliff. Oh, that's in like the first mm-hmm. season. Is it? I don't know. I just know it's like some Bart point. the Daredevil when he falls down the canyon. Right. I don't know if it's that one exactly, but I know there's like a theory where at some point <clears> during like the like I don't know, between, like, season one and season six, like, Homer gets in a coma and, like, like everything that's happened after that is, like, him, in his imagination. Like, whatever his, like, brain is sure. thinking in a coma. Yeah. Very interesting. But, yeah, that's my uh, too sweet an ending theory. All right. Will, did you have any more theories? Uh, I'm actually uh, tapped out of theories. All right. How about you? Oh, I am also tapped out. Oh, man. Well, I like this. I like this ending. If that's the last one, unless you have another one. No, right? no, that was it for me. As well, that's a good theory. Thank I like you. that one. A yeah, lot. Very that was theory. a last minute one too. I like thought of that this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Today, folks, we an- we answered a few questions about the Garfield movie, but many still remain, and many still exist in the in the overall universe. So don't forget to tune in next time. Uh, once again, I am Chris. I'm Matt, and I'm Will. It ain't ogre till it's ogre. I love you. Uh, I love you. I love you too.
So much to do, so much to see, 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 so much. Ah, and that's a sign that the tank is full.